New Washington Commanders GM Adam Peters was part of a big trade in 2017 that saw the San Francisco 49ers move back just one spot. Could he do that again with Washington? That and more on today's mailbag episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting this podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. And from there, you'll get text messages from me, inside information, scoops, exclusive content, and more one-on-one conversations via text message sent directly to your phone. Again, join subtext.com slash locked on commanders to become an insider today. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering the Washington commanders for commandercountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, everydayers, I greatly appreciate your continued support for the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to talk about a little bit of money. We're going to talk draft prospects, and we're going to talk about losing faith in quarterbacks too soon around the National Football League. But first, we're discussing what might happen with the Washington Commanders' first draft pick and their quarterback situation to start off our mailbag episode with Ken, who came through and asked, What do you think the odds are? that we could trade back twice once with the Patriots to get the number three pick and more draft capital. And then possibly again, dropping one more spot, giving us the fourth spot and even more draft capital. This would allow the Patriots to grab a quarterback or wide receiver and the Cardinals to grab a quarterback tackle wide receiver or defensive lineman, which still leaves us with plenty of great options at the number four, as well as lots of draft capital, not only in this draft, but those to come to help fill the many holes we have. And I'll just tell you this up front: The idea is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. If the dude that you don't want at number two is not there. Trading back, getting more capital uh, for me is always going to be the right approach. Don't take, you know, don't, don't, if you have a guy at number two that you want, uh, don't, don't, don't settle for the consolation prize. Now don't be wrong. If there's two guys that you just absolutely love, then you're, then you're golden, right? You're going to get one of those guys. Uh, but if, if there's a guy sitting there at number two and you're like, ah, you know, we like him, we don't love him, then trade back. You should absolutely trade back. If you don't love it, don't drive it off the lot. Uh, as far as the history of this kind of thing's happening, uh, twice the 49ers have traded back one spot in the NFL drafts first round with Washington GM Adam Peters on staff as their assistant GM or vice president of player personnel. Again, the first one in 2017, uh, Adam Peters' first season in San Francisco, he's vice president of player personnel. How much influence, and this is going to be the conversation with all these topics, how much influence he really had, uh, we don't know. Um, but you know, according to John Lynch's interview with Zach Selby of WashingtonCommanders.com, great. You should definitely go uh, read that if you haven't already. He did have Adam Peters had pretty significant influence in what happened in San Francisco since he got there. So, 2017, the 49ers moved from number two to number three. They trade with the Chicago Bears. They also get a third round pick that same year, a fourth round pick that same year, and a third round pick the next year. 2020, the 49ers traded back for number 13. They also packaged their seventh round pick that season. Uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to move to 14, and they got Tampa Bay's fourth-round pick uh, that season. The Buccaneers got offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs, who has since moved from right to left tackle, uh, certainly one of the best young tackles in the NFL today. 
Um, trading back in the first round is very common, right? Trading back twice, not as common. In the last two NFL drafts alone, so 2022 and 2023, there were 24 trades uh, that happened either before the draft or on the day of night of uh, draft day one, uh, first round, that involved first round picks being moved or swapped. In 2018, looking at teams that moved back twice in one first round, uh, in 2018, the Baltimore Ravens moved back twice. Uh, they moved back from 16 to 22, and then they moved back from 22 to 25. With 25, they took tight end Hayden Hurst. They later took quarterback Lamar Jackson with the 32nd overall pick, which is amazing at this point, uh, looking back on it. Uh, Baltimore also traded back twice in the first round in 2008, uh, but in that one, they actually ended up also trading. So they traded back once, rather, they traded up the second time and they got quarterback Joe Flacco. Uh, in 2019, the Seattle Seahawks went from number 21 to 30. Then they moved completely out of the first round to 37. Uh, so that's two trades you know, in the first round, you know, so to speak. They didn't stay in the first round, but that's two trades within the first round. Uh, just last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars moved back from 24 to 25, then from 25 to 27. So that's kind of what you're talking about. That's close to what the question here is, but uh, not not exactly. Obviously, not 24 to 25, 25 to 26. Now, when they moved from 24 to 25 and then 25 to 27, it really only netted them. It netted them one fourth, one fifth, one seventh round pick. Um, you know, obviously, that's 24th. That's in the 20s, but you're still moving back one spot. You know, I don't know. Again, the, the premium for the top picks, the premium for the quarterbacks at the top of the draft, obviously, you're going to get more than that. Um, but that's just kind of a, a relative, you know, anecdote. Uh, there have been some other situations as well. Buffalo actually traded up twice in 2018 to get quarterback Josh Allen. Um, so 20, you know, trading back one spot is, is not, you know, unheard of trading, trading back one spot twice is more rare. And I think that it's, it's possible because there's, there's some reasons there. And I won't say it's never happened because quite honestly, I didn't go through every single draft uh, in the history and just look at all their trades. Cause that would take me forever. Uh, but I did look back basically as far as I could um, to, to get some examples for you of it actually happening or, or similar type things actually happening. But I don't think it happens all that often for one big reason. And the biggest reason I think is because typically that second guy you're talking about trading back with, you've already turned them away, right? So if you move from number two to number three, there's a pretty good chance that number four wanted that number two pick. Um, and so you, you get off the phone with them, you turn down their offer, you take somebody else's offer. So then to turn around to number three and get back on the phone, number four and expect to get you know, amicable, you know, uh, conditions is probably a little bit harder uh, to do, especially if they wanted the same player, especially if they wanted the same quarterback. Now, this year's draft, talking about this year, right, because every year has to have context to it. I think the Chicago Bears have a better shot uh, of pulling this off if they really want to, if they stick with Justin Fields. So if they're sticking with Justin Fields as their quarterback, then moving back from one to two with Washington, if Washington wants a quarterback and they have their heart set on Caleb Williams, Jane Daniels, Drake May, whoever it is, and they want to make sure they get their guy, that's certainly feasible. You move up or, you know, Chicago moves back one spot to number two. Then you have whatever number two quarterback is there. Now you look at the New England Patriots and say, hey, man, these are the quarterbacks still left on the board. Uh, I got the Giants, maybe the Falcons, maybe, uh, you know, we got some teams on the phone here. Uh, they're talking about moving up. So do you want to move up? So then they move back from two to three. And even though, you know, New England was likely on the phone with them to move up to number one in the first place, uh, they'll still, you know, because it's a quarterback and because if it's a quarterback they love, then potentially they'll still make the trade and move up with them. Washington. So like, like you said in the question, Washington would have to move back from number two to number three with New England, uh, who's likely doing it for a quarterback. And then number three, number four with Arizona, 
who's not going to have a quarterback. I would assume they're definitely married to Kyler Murray uh, in his contract. And he, he didn't do very, very bad uh, when, once he got back and got his feet under him for the Arizona Cardinals this season. So basically what you need to hope is that Arizona wants their pick of tackles and QBs go one and two. So quarterback comes off number one. Number two pick comes up. Arizona's probably not trying to call you because at number four, they know they're probably going to get one of the two tackles. Uh, so you trade back to number three. Quarterback comes off the board. Now Arizona knows they're getting one of those two tackles, but they might have their favorite. So you call them. You're like, hey, man, this other guy is going to move up and take your favorite, but we'll sell you this pick for your favorite, you know, for X, Y, Z. Uh, they move that or they want Marvin Harrison Jr., and it looks like someone like the Chargers maybe is trying to trade up to number three uh, to get a wide receiver to go with Justin Herbert, or maybe the Giants are now you know out on the quarterback because man, you know our quarterbacks that we wanted went. So let's see if we can move up to get a number one wide receiver with Saquon Barkley now playing elsewhere. But if you're Arizona, I don't think you overpaid just to get one of those guys. I think you have so many needs, you probably stick and pick, or maybe even trade back yourself if Harrison goes number three. Like if if the Commanders do trade out of three with, uh, uh, you know, they're talking about trading on three with the Chargers. Then you look at that and you're like, man, we're sitting at number four. We still got all the tackles, all the D linemen, you know, all the defensive backs on the board. Uh, you and, and even a couple of quarterbacks, maybe you probably, you might, you might even look at trading back yourself. So a lot of what ifs, obviously, and that's what draft season is all about is all the what ifs. And we're going to dive into a bunch of those, but a good question. You know what I mean? It doesn't happen very often. Uh, I don't think it's ever happened. You know what I mean? Doesn't mean it can't happen. Doesn't mean it couldn't happen this year. Um, so certainly something to keep an eye on. And, you know, as we get through and see what we think the Washington Commanders are going to do with the quarterback situation. Speaking of that, what if the Washington Commanders haven't given up on Sam Howell just yet? Coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This next segment is brought to you by our sponsor, Better Help. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certainly things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who could be unbiased in your life. So today I want to share with you something I'm feeling. I want to share something I've been thinking about. You might even be thinking about it this same day, this same week. Why is it people go out on quarterbacks so quickly? Media, fans, even teams themselves seem to have zero room to allow a quarterback to grow while playing the toughest position in all of sports. Well, we're going to talk about that today because talking about it can help you come to grips with it, thrive through the conflict instead of avoiding it or getting overly stressed out about it. And that's what therapy can help you do as well. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than what's happening with our favorite sports team. And it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. So visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Locked on commanders, your first listener, your first view today and every day, every day. Thanks for coming through on a regular basis like you do. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked on plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked on sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Continuing our mailbag episode today, we turn now to Willie who says, do you think we're looking for a QB from the draft or a veteran QB? If we go the veteran route, who do you think we look at? So good question here, Willie. And uh, here's, here's what I'm going to be honest and upfront about. It's very hard to answer that right now with what I think Adam Peters 
and a coach to be determined or to be named later is going to do. But we can dive into some scenarios and look at some trends. And we did this on yesterday's episode. If you go back to our Adam Peters introductory press conference recap episode, the one that dropped right before this one, we talked about Adam Peters. We talked about what he said. We also looked in some of the tendencies from his career. Uh, you know, and again, you can look at those patterns and try to decipher uh, a most likely path. It can't, you know, you're never going to get to the point where you can just say, boom, aha, 100%. I know exactly what's going to happen. Um, but you can look at some trends here. And bottom line is Adam Peters on the staffs that he's been a part of. They've drafted two first round quarterbacks in San Francisco uh, or in his tenure, sorry, uh, as a as an executive outside of just being a scout or, or something like that. He's either some sort of decision maker in the process. Um, both those quarterbacks, Paxton Lynch and Trey Lance, neither of them worked out for his team. Doesn't mean he'll never do it again. Just means that that's certainly lessons that he's learned. And those are experiences that he's gone through to help shape how he feels today. And that's something that he mentioned in his own press conferences that some of his missteps, some of his failures have taught him the most. And, you know, so have those missteps to Paxton Lynch and Trey Lance teach Adam Peters. Don't go after a quarterback in the first round. I doubt that's a, you know, just a flat line, never draft a quarterback in the first round mentality, but it could have shown him, Hey, we weren't really in love with these guys. We were just in love with wanting to go after a quarterback and that bit us in the butt. So maybe we don't do that. So if you're a guy, like I said, in the top segment, if you're a guy that you're in love with, isn't there, don't just take a guy to take a guy. Now, you also look at the favorite coaching candidate from a lot of people, not the favorite for everybody, but Ben Johnson, the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, certainly uh, is a front runner, considered to be a front runner for this job. He is currently on a staff that has drafted just one quarterback in the last three years. Since Dan Campbell became the head coach of the Detroit Lions, they've drafted one quarterback uh, in three in three drafts, and that was third round quarterback Hendon Hooker in 2023. Uh, and instead, they've rolled with, quote unquote, washed quarterback Jared Goff over trading up four spots for Trey Lance or five spots for Zach Wilson, six spots for Trevor Lawrence in 2021. They didn't take any of the quarterbacks in 2022, despite the drastic devaluation could have had Sam Howell uh, at any point could have taken Desmond Ritter, who certainly fits Ben Johnson's offense way better than he fit Arthur Smith's in Atlanta. Uh, and they also didn't move up eight spots for Anthony Richardson in 2023 or take a chance on Will Levis like the Tennessee Titans did. So, you know, Adam Peters comes from, from a history of staffs that have not taken a lot of quarterbacks in the first round. The two that they did take did not work very well. Ben Johnson is coming from a staff in an organization that rolled the dice on a veteran quarterback that people, again, considered washed. Uh, and the only quarterback they really they took uh, was a guy that most people said would have been a first-round guy had he not gotten injured. So you basically spend a third on him, you stash him, you let him heal, you let him develop, and who knows, maybe you end up with a starter down the road. So again, it doesn't tell you they're not going to go quarterback, but is the door open for them not to go quarterback? I think absolutely. When you look at their history, you look at the trends of where they both come from. If Ben Johnson is that higher, then yeah, I think there's absolutely a chance that they don't necessarily just say, we got to get a quarterback no matter who the quarterback is. Now, at the same time, well, well that's not even true, actually. The, the Lions were picking pretty high in one of those drafts, and the 49ers have certainly uh, had their opportunities to go after some higher quarterbacks. So, you know, the opportunities have been there. The teams just don't take them as often, I think, as maybe a lot of people think they would. Now, as far as veteran quarterbacks are concerned, it's going to depend on scheme, uh, right? Like, you can't, you know, you can't take, uh, I don't know, Jacoby Brissett and, and make him, you know, a Lamar Jackson type of guy. Like, you got you to gotta try to stay within your wheelhouse here. So, if we're rolling with Ben Johnson, I think your top three veterans that are projected to be free agents are Kirk Cousins. Um, he's a guy that's kind of Jared Goff-esque. He's not as lanky or whatever, but he's got some height. He's got some arm, not not totally mobile, but not, you know, uh, no, he's pretty much a statue, but he's, you know, he can do a little bit. Jacoby Brissett uh, certainly is, is a guy that fits the mold. Sam Darnold is probably the third guy looking at the list. 
Um, so I think really you're, you're kind of looking at those first two. If anything, I don't know that you want to roll with Sam Darnold. I don't know if could Sam Darnold have a Jared Goff like uh, Renaissance? Sure. But, you know, Sam Darnold really has never kind of shown that ability, whereas at least Jared Goff has shown some of that ability uh, in Los Angeles. If if it's Bobby Slowick, Bobby Slowick is another uh, prime you know candidate to be the head coach of this team. He's an offensive minded head coach. I think you're looking again at Jacoby Brissett, a taller dude, but you know, he's, he's got enough mobility, I think to work in a Bobby Slowick uh, system. Drew Locke is another guy. Gardner Minshew is, is interesting. Uh, and that's of course, assuming Baker Mayfield doesn't escape Tampa. I think if Baker Mayfield somehow gets out of Tampa, um, which I don't think he wants to, and I don't think Tampa wants that to happen. So I think he's staying, but if Baker Mayfield is available, I think you add Baker Mayfield to that list um, as well. If it's Mike McDonald, the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator, uh, currently still my number one option on the head coaching candidacy list. We don't know what the offense is going to look like until we know who the OC is. And, you know, it doesn't mean uh, that the OC will come from Baltimore or will run the Baltimore system. Could be, certainly. Um, if it is the Baltimore type system or Todd Munkin type system, you could be looking at a Marcus Mariota, Tyrod Taylor, Tyler Huntley, potentially. Baltimore Ravens backup quarterback. I'm not super high on him. I know he made the Pro Bowl last year, but, you know, uh, as an alternate after several quarterbacks dipped out. So uh, going the veteran route, though, means that the team is likely not completely abandoned. Hope for Sam Howell it does mean that, you know, he's likely going to start as the backup and you're looking to try to develop him behind the scenes. Right. But certainly could mean uh, that the team has not given up on Sam Howell, which brings us to our next mailbag question from Bill, who says, I note that both Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield won playoff games. Both were written off as only good in a backup role, quote unquote, uh, but by most of the media and the fans. I note Dak. Prescott and Jalen Hurts are similarly now being written off by some media despite winning 12 games each, but losing a playoff game. Who gives up on a quarterback first? In your opinion of the following, who gives up on a quarterback in what order? The media, the team, the fans, the coaches, the front office, assuming coach and GM are separate or ownership. So really, I'm going to I'm going to lump the coach and all that stuff in as the team and then media and then fans. Right. And, and obviously every situation is a little bit different, but I really believe that the first the first batch to give up on a quarterback typically is the media. I, I really think the media is most likely to be the first one to give up on a quarterback, even if the specific media members aren't necessarily publishing they're giving up on on a guy. Um, I think that's probably the first one uh, to to do it. Honestly, there were people who covered the Washington Commanders that I know who weren't they were out on Sam Howell before they ever saw him take a snap in training camp. Um, now, that opinion wasn't necessarily shared until the last four weeks of the season or so because you try to cover, you try to talk, tell, tell a story that's happening. Um, you can't give some opinion, obviously, but typically when you're writing articles and stuff like that, you're trying to tell what's happening, not what you think should happen all the time. Um, and, you know, everybody's got their own styles there. Um, but I really do think that media kind of is, is kind of first to the punch. And, and you know, it, it's, it's almost like a combination of fans and media at the same time because typically – by the time media has thrown in the towel on a guy, fans are at least grumbling about a guy or on the verge of giving up on a guy. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. But I think the full fan base uh, typically follows after. And then the team is usually last because, you know, decision makers don't like to admit that they're wrong. Uh, players like to fight for each other, like to fight for themselves. So I think the team comes last uh, personally. So why the resurgence in, in the quarterbacks? You know, I think I think there is something to be said about failure, right? And, and again, we talked about Adam Peters talking about this, and, and this isn't new. This is a, a cliche as old as time that you learn your most lessons uh, from failure. It's about how resilient of a person you are. Can you bounce back from those failures? And we see Jared Goff and, you know, his days with the Los Angeles Rams, it's not like he was setting the world on fire and it was definitely a defensive led team uh, and all those things. 
but we see them, you know, have some success, make it to a Super Bowl, uh, do some of those things. But Jared Goff could just never get him over the hump. So he leaves, goes to the Detroit Lions. Well, when you go to the Detroit Lions, you know, like you said, a lot of people are out on him. He's not expected to come in there and be the franchise savior. So now any good that he does is considered uh, kind of above the expectation line. Baker Mayfield is pretty much in the same position uh, with him. What you can never measure, and this goes for every quarterback, rookies, veterans, all of them. What you can never measure is the mentality. And you never measure the mental strength, the mental fortitude that is there. And that's really where I think this comes into play. When you look at Jared Goff, you look at Baker Mayfield, they know they have detractors. It's not like they have blinders. It's not like they're they're immune to it. They know that they're there. They've just gotten to a point in their careers where they don't care, and it's helping them develop uh, in their second season. So, you know, if Washington doesn't go quarterback, uh, they certainly got to go someone in the first round. They're not going to trade from number two all the way out of the first round. So who do they go, and how big of a difference could that player make by himself in year one. That's coming up next on today's mailbag episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll make my business take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board though. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place for you to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats. They may not always have the time and the resources they really want to make those good hires. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is also brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. And Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy all your sports, music, comedy, and theater tickets near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Plus, they've got last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, everything easy to find and buy tickets to every kind of event in your area for the lowest price guaranteed. Even they they even have event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all kinds of stuff. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy it so you know exactly what you're getting into. All in prices up front tell you exactly what you're buying and how to and show you the deal you're getting before you hit the checkout. Game time even has deals on tickets right up to the start of events. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create your account, use the code locked on. For $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create your account, redeem the code L O C K E D O N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Wrapping up today's episode, mailbag episode. Uh, Tar starting off with a question from Paul. Uh, Paul says, I hear a lot of people talking about the offensive lineman out of Penn State, Olu Fashanu. How would he help Washington's offensive line? He's only one person, and they have a lot of holes on the line. Paul, you are 100% correct. They have a lot of holes on the offensive line. As far as I'm concerned, the Washington fans really only have one true blue locked in starting offensive lineman for 2024, and that is right guard Sam Cosme and my hope is that they keep him at right guard I hate seeing teams just completely twist and turn and flip and flop players 
from one position to another. Let a dude stick in one spot. Let him develop. Let him grow. And I think Sam Cosme is is, is well on his way to becoming uh, one of the better right guards in the National Football League. Outside of that, you certainly have some concerns. And Olu Fashan, you talk about, you know, some people have Joe Alt up there. Some people have Olu up there. But whatever it is, you have one of the top two uh, offensive tackles in this year's draft class right now. Um, view as a left tackle. And and what's really important about him is just how smooth he is. But we'll get into a scouting report on him later on here in the offseason. But how much of an impact can he really make? Well, the question there is is very poignant because the offensive line is really five dudes working in unison, right? Now, but it's a chain. It, it's not necessarily each guy has to be just as good on their own, you know, versus one guy being, it is a chain. So a left guard that's got a really good left tackle next to him can be elevated by that left tackle, right? That left tackle can kind of help that guy do some things. Now, at the same time, a really good left tackle who has a really bad left guard next to him, that left tackle could also be diminished because now he's trying to have to do uh, multiple things. So, you know, how much of an impact can he specifically make? Well, it's more so about the ripple effects of locking down a left tackle, locking down that key position and getting it right. That's that's really the key here, right? Not only do you have to draft the left tackle, but you also have to make sure yeah, that left tackle has to work out. He's got to pan out. And that's the part that makes you, you know, makes it hard to predict. I mean, if he f- completely flames out, He's not going to do anything and you're going to completely burn a pick and, and you're just not, not going to get anything out of it. But if you get yourself a left tackle for the next 10, 12, 15 years, then he's going to help uh, elevate your offensive line. Uh, greatly become a leader, become a voice on that offensive line. You got one dude on the left side, one guy on the right side, both kind of helping anchor your line. And that gives you a really good uh, advantage moving forward. It gives your quarterback, uh, especially if it's a right-handed quarterback, gives your quarterback the confidence they can, they can drop back without having to worry completely about their blind side. So, you know, how much of a tangible difference can he make? It could be very important. How much of a difference will he make? That's the biggest question. And that's honestly why another reason quarterbacks are viewed so highly in the top part of the draft is because that's the one position where one dude can really make a big difference on your team. I mean, you draft the number one receiver in the draft. He could be good all by himself, but he's not necessarily going to raise everybody on the team. Same thing with the running back. Same thing with the lineman. Quarterback, you know, is is really the one guy uh, that can kind of do it all by himself, but that's very rare. Like it's it's very go through the history of quarterbacks. It's very rare that you find that kind of guy in an NFL draft. So you know, we'll see where the Washington Commanders decide to go. But again, if you don't get the quarterback, then you're really looking at getting the best player to help start building your units up. And that's where Olufashana would come in. His his impact would be giving you hopefully a really great start to building your offensive line around him. And then uh, Sam Cosme. So good question there, Keith. Is our cap space I keep hearing about on an estimate uh, on an estimated rise in the cap total per team? And when does that get set? As I remember, we didn't have much cap space last year. So looking at salary cap increases, Keith, uh, salary cap increases rely on a lot of factors, um, including revenue as the main driving factor. Right. The NFL revenue is obviously a big part of it. But basically, the cap is designed to protect owners from having to give too much of the profit pool to players while ensuring players are getting a fair cut of the profits that the league generates. After COVID, the cap increase was minimal because of lack of revenue. So now the cap increase is expected to be bigger and increased and a little bit inflated even to make up for it. But the NFLPA and the NFL want to make sure they don't experience a one-year spike in cap raise um, that basically impacts one class only, and then it doesn't impact classes going down. So if a team has, uh, because you know basically there's a floor the teams have to spend and if the teams have too much cap space, they're going to go out and they're going to give an overinflated contract to one guy to get to that floor. That causes an imbalance across the league because now 
you know, if you're a guy who's better than that guy who just got that inflated contract, you're going to want a bigger one as well. But next year, the cap rise may not be as significant. So you may not get that money and that just causes an imbalance uh, across the league. So based on the current and projected economics of the National Football League, that's where the salary cap estimates come from. Typically, the next year salary cap has already been announced by this time, but there is some delay because the NFL and NFLPA are ironing out some details, trying to give teams a fair amount of cap salary or cap money while preventing that one year spike, like I said. So my assumption is that what they're probably trying to do is they're probably trying to say, hey, look, if we can, you know, let's just use some some example numbers. We can raise the cap by 10 million this year, but it, but next year we're only going to be able to raise it by 4 million. So instead of doing that, let's raise the cap by say 7 million this year and let's raise the cap by 7 million next year. Um, and basically the owners gets kind of pocket some of that money, understanding that that money is then going to be rolled over to the next cap increase. If that makes sense. If that makes sense. So with all that said, uh, the salary cap in 2024 is expected to exceed $240 million. Uh, and that, that number comes from the NFL, uh, you know, bookkeepers themselves uh, with $12 million in 2023 cap rollover. That puts Washington at a projected $81.8 million in cap space minimum. That's if it's just 240 million. But again, it's supposed to be over 240 million. Uh, SpotTrack is using 242.5 million as the estimated cap for 2024. So with 242.5 and the Washington Commanders rollover of 12 million, Washington Commanders certainly in very healthy cap situation. I think that's something. If you look back at the Ron Rivera era, I mean, look, man, at least I mean he's 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 rolling out, but he's rolling out leaving this team with a whole lot of money and a good amount of draft capital. So that's really important. So good questions. From Commanders fans, as always, I appreciate the questions. I appreciate some of the challenges and doing the research. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have another episode to wrap up this week. We'll be looking at some free agents from this weekend's divisional round playoffs. In the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, just throw them in the YouTube comment section or text me directly as a lock insider. Go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders to do that. Don't forget, locked on has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports streaming channel. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be out. If you're out and about, be safe, be kind. I'll see you next time right back here for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.